Do you love movies? Do you love TV? Do you love when people give their opinions about your favorite movies and TV shows? Then you'll love Nady and Katie and the movies. Hello, everyone. Make sure you're muted, Katie, so I can't hear you typing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nady and Katie at the Movies. I am your host, Nathan, a.k.a. Nady, of course. And with me on this journey of movies and TV is Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? I am doing so well. I'm getting a small break while my baby Ben naps. Good times. Good times. Well, if you're listening to this episode, you'll notice that this episode is a tad bit late. Because our homework assignment was a beast. Now, to be honest, I finished before the due date. But because I'm nice and I'm a teacher during the day, I felt the need to allow Katie an extension on this homework assignment. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Because we were not watching just one season. We were watching two seasons of a television show that was found on the streaming service Hulu, which Katie has, but she has the ad version. So we had to sit through commercials. So it's like watching, you know, you know, back in the old days when you had to watch TV on cable and those things called commercials. Yeah, we had to sit through those. So Mm, yes, commercials that and uh. I like the Netflix shows because my brain thinks quickly so I can speed them up, but obviously you can't speed these up. And I don't know if it was just me being incapable of managing my mobile app, but for some reason I would accidentally click on another show and then I'd like sit through a commercial and then it would be like opening to a new show. So anyways, so it was definitely the longest and most difficult homework to date in my opinion. With that being said, I want to hop right in because I would argue this was my least favorite next only to Inhumans. Okay. I was, I was about to say Inhumans still, I think holds the, the trophy. If we were to give a trophy to shows that would have the trophy for worst unconnected Marvel TV show ever, because at least with this one, there were moments where they name dropped and I think Rexon is like a big company in the Marvel cinematic universe. Rexon we see as early as agent Carter. So it was actually in the first thing we watched and it's mentioned a few times in iron man. And and that's actually where the dark force or like that dark matter came from was from Rexon lab, which is kind of cool because you know, in the show it connects to this, the guy cloak, which you could argue maybe he's able to harness dark force yeah so this show definitely still has connections so that's why it's slightly better than humans but it's not anywhere near the other shows that we've watched so far now i remember when when i first started watching this i was like oh no another teen angsty show because this show originally was on i think it was freeform originally called abc family and so that channel is known for like teen angsty teen drama kind of stuff and i pointed one thing out to katie and 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 she said that she liked the soundtrack but every single episode 
it felt like it was one song after another. Like some some little action would happen, and then they play like this melodramatic song, and they'd show stuff happening, you know, as the song was playing. And that happened every episode. It wasn't like every other episode. Every episode that it would happen on. So that was kind of the outro too. I feel like the outro of every episode would be like a solid, almost the entire song, like a full two to three minute. Some people could argue, and and I uh, would give them credit for this. Some people make the argument that this had a lot of good physical acting. Like there wasn't a lot of verbal part, or there was some parts that were not verbal at all. Other parts you could argue way too much talking, and we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, they did a lot of plot development with just actions. So you you definitely had to be paying attention, which again, for me, trying to watch all this stuff, you couldn't multitask because there's a lot of things going on that were not being verbally communicated that you'd miss. So before we get into what we liked and what we didn't like, we have to do a synopsis. So again, I, I think with this show, though, like the two seasons kind of melded into each other. So it's not like there's two... D- different storylines each season. I think they did a really good job. That's one thing they did a good job about. They didn't end it right away. Like they, they left you hanging for the next season. You wanted to see what happened next. Some shows, they, they finalize everything in the first season and then they start a brand new storyline. This show didn't do that, which I kind of liked. So go ahead, Katie, and give us the synopsis of seasons one and two, which are the only seasons of the show, by the way, seasons one and two of Cloak and Dagger. All right, let's see if this is, this is again, this is a lot to summarize. This was about 20 episodes. Um, so we have two characters, Cloak and Dagger. Who would have guessed? Cloak is an young African-American boy whose name is Ty, Tyrone. He comes from a family who was from the hood, but now they are more affluent, and they he goes to a private Christian school or Catholic school basketball player. And he has the magical powers of being Cloak, which it means he's he's going to have this like kind of a hoodie cloak can be a lot of different things, but he has the power to transport and he's also has the power to see fear. Um, then we have the character Tandy, which is his other half and that's dagger. And she is an affluent white girl whose daddy was an engineer at Roxon. We'll get to her family in a second, but she's basically, it's almost like they switched places. So he went from, living in the hood to good family. She went from having a good, successful family to um, the death of her father results in her living in a trailer park and doing drugs. Um, So these two are presumably both high school age. Tandy seems a little bit older, possibly. Um, She's not in school. And they encounter one another when they are young children, like eight years old. And in a very freak accident, a giant rocks on rig explodes over the ocean and that causes two big things. One, Tandy's dad dies and two, Ty's brother gets shot by a police officer. He shouldn't have. It was an accident. The police officer got spooked by the explosion, shoots the brother. Both of them fall into the water and all this water is contaminated with the ooey gooey, whatever came in the rig and it gives them their superpowers. Basically, this whole series was the coming of age for these teens, learning about their powers. And we have some fringe characters. So our first bad guy season one is Scarborough, the cop that shot Ty's brother. And we're trying to just basically bring him to justice. So a lot of season one is bringing that guy to justice um, and learning their powers. Number two season, the bad guy is sort of 
there's sort of two. We have a side character that's a police officer. She gets some of the icky goo on her from season one, and she becomes like a split personality, Jekyll and Hyde. The bad guy, Mayhem, is like her evil half. She's not really the bad guy. The main bad guy, I couldn't tell you his name, is this like mastermind who also got landed in the water when the explosion happened. And he has this sort of, I guess you'd call it a power, Nathan, we'll get to this, a power where he's able to grab people's hopes and like feed feed off of them. So he's basically a bad guy because he just keeps taking all these girls and all these people and like harnessing all their energy to keep himself alive. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of confused about the bad guy in the second season. It was just random because it, it felt like it took place in the world where they they it's really hard. See, it's so confusing because the second season was so confusing. So it basically is, what what Tandy and Tyrone figure out is that they can go to this realm of, in the darkness where they because it dives into voodoo and kind of like the occult kind of because when the Oh, yes. When, yeah, when the series started I was like, oh, cool, because they were talking about God and they were talking about all this stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, I can get into this. And then it like totally switches to like voodoo and somewhat witchcraft kind of stuff. And I forgot to mention that and you brought up a good point. This is the only Marvel thing we've seen that was like not in New York. It feels like, I mean, maybe there was some, but it feels like everything we watch is in New York. But this was the first like Marvel TV show. Well, I guess Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s everywhere. But I digress. We have a lot of New York. This is the first time we see New Orleans. So I think they showed it a great job of incorporating that culture. And like you said, voodoo becomes a really central part to the characters and also the plot development. Yeah, so it kind of explains a little bit how he got his powers through that kind of sort of a little bit. And because um, the this girl that, Tyrone likes his her aunt is like a voodoo person who kind of like dives deeper into what Tyrone can do and apparently there's this thing called divine pairs and she says that uh, Tandy and Tyrone that's who they are because they kind of need each other to defeat the darkness with the light and all that weird you know random stuff it it confused me at times but like you said, it has a Christian theme, right? Like the dark, like darkness and light. But you're right. It really, if anything, it it kind of not bashes, but the only you know Christian you have in the show is a Catholic priest who is an alcoholic and killed someone, and he turns back to his <laughs> his ways. So I thought it was neat. I personally liked the voodoo, not because I like voodoo, but because I thought it was a really neat thing you don't see in tv or movies a lot like i learned a lot about that religion and i think it was really true to some of the culture in new orleans so here's my question nathan because we you know let's let's just go ahead and get controversial so i said this is a teen movie about fighting social justice um and we have a huge theme for both of these two we've got Tyrone, who's an African-American boy whose brother is shot by the cops unnecessarily. He's also faces some racism as well himself. And then you've got Tandy, who's like a girl who borderline was like sexually abused and gets sexualized and also finds out her dad was abusive. 
to her mom and also turns to drugs. This is some heavy stuff for like two teenagers to be dealing with. But my question to you is this, and again, this is where I get controversial. Do you feel like they did the social justice piece well? Do you feel like they addressed it? Do you feel like it was needed? I mean, I see where they were going with it. And you're right. It is it is a controversial topic. Because sometimes when I'm watching a show, and sometimes it feels like it comes out of left field. And like it's like, okay, I get what they're saying. Sometimes it, it you know, drives the story. To me, there were moments when I'm like, I was trying to figure out where they were going with it because they touch on it, but I don't think they really went anywhere with it. If that makes I, sense. I agree. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I get, I get what they were doing. Like his, his brother was killed by a cop. That's always been a big issue. It, it's not something new. So they, they felt they had, they wanted to put that in there, but I don't think they really touched on anything that of any quote unquote importance that that yeah. helps that cause i guess they just put it in there so, to put it in there for me i felt like it was a huge theme i felt like the entirety of ty and all of he want like that's literally his whole enemy even with a different bad guy season two the entire purpose of ty was find justice for his brother who was shot by a cop and okay this is i don't i didn't like that they did that i feel like I think police violence against African-Americans is true and it happens, but to me, it's just, it's such a trending topic and I don't think it shouldn't be trending. I'm not trying to squelch that, but it feels almost overdone. If I can say that it just, it feels like, Oh, there's a young black boy. Oh, and he was shot by the cops. I'm, I just feel like there's been a lot of TV shows and movies that have done that same story and I do know that it happens, but I almost feel like it reduces the experience of an African-American boy to that. Like, oh, if there's a black boy in the TV show, he's probably going to have beef with cops. Like, you can be more than that. Like, I don't understand why they can't just have an African-American boy who just exists. Like, they always have to come from the Bronx or they always have to come from the rough lifestyle. So I felt like it was almost stereotyping him, if that makes sense. Um, but I do know this, that in the comic books, they did switch. And I don't know if that was to be a little protective. They didn't want the the black kid being the one that steals from Tandy. But in the comics, that's what happens. He's the one that's kind of the thief. Um, and they bump into each other because he's trying to steal or he helps Tandy. He's trying to steal her purse or something. Um, other thing, yeah, I just felt like it was anti-white male. Like anti-white male cop was the goal. Like Tandy has her reasons for hating white dudes and Ty has his reason for hating white dudes and then just both team up. But then yet the bad guy in season two is some random jazz player. Well, I don't think they knew what they were doing. Yeah. I, and especially since the bad guy of the first season, he randomly, I guess, because I guess they evolve in their powers. So by the end of the season, Ty, Ty finds out that he could basically absorb people through yeah. into the darkness because that's what he does to this cop at the end of the first season and i guess the cop's experience in the darkness makes him realize that what he did was wrong and so when he returns at first tyrone thinks he's gonna like try to escape and whatever 
but he actually comes back and basically asks for forgiveness and says, you know, turn me in. I'll, I'll give you all this information about Roxxon and all this stuff. Like he's like, you know, asking for forgiveness, confessing. And spoiler alert, Tyrone's mom ends up killing him. Obviously, it would be very difficult to forgive someone who kills your child. I get it. But like the way they were writing the character of the cop, like you're like, wow, I really hope that, that they, they resolve this in a positive way. And it got to a point where you thought that they were going to. And then like the mom like ties him up in a chair and says, you know, convince me that I should forgive you. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's see where this goes. And then she shoots him. Yeah. Well, we, and we don't see any of this. I, I, do, I don't, I'm not sad that the cop got what was coming for him. Cause I think in addition to killing Ty's brother, he also just does a lot of shady stuff and keeps getting covered up. But again, I think my biggest critique among many of the storyline plot was that it was very heavy on social justice and not heavy on like just hero justice. If I could be so bold, I would say they were focused on solving their own personal problems. I mean, it just didn't feel like they were trying to do good for the world. It was just I've got beef with this guy and she's got beef with this guy. And so that's what we're going to focus all of our time powers on. And can I just say that there were multiple episodes that were so like repetitive in what was going on. And I got so frustrated, like case in point, the episode where they figure out they can go back in time, apparently. And so they go back to when the rig was about to explode and they get to a point where they get to the room with this one guy and there's a phone and the phone rings and it's Tandy's dad. And so she picks up the phone and she starts talking to her dad. And so she decides to stay. And so the whole episode is Ty trying to convince her to come back. So like, and every time something goes wrong, they have to repeat from the very beginning of when the rig was about to explode. And it just got so repetitive that I was like, okay, can we please move on? Because I don't see where this episode's going. And it doesn't further the storyline at all. And it just got really frustrating. And I think there was another episode that was like that. Like, they they did something, but then they had to start over. So they had to do it again. So they had to start over. And then they had to do it again. They had to start over. If you had to pick between the two of them, Tandy or Ty, who do you like more? Maybe based on the actor or actress or their powers. I think the actor who played Ty, just based on acting, gave a very monotone performance. Like his acting was just very like monotone. There was no emotion. Like every now and then he would laugh or smile a little bit, but like his delivery of his lines was just very meh. Tandy was a little bit better. But I think I just think they were both like it, it felt like the, the actors weren't interested in what they, the material they were given. <laughs> yeah, I I did not. I liked Ty better than Tandy just from like the character. He actually seemed like he was a decent kid, a good kid. Tandy was just like and again, I feel like it was a little unbelievable. I'm like, really? We've got this like young white girl who's just addicted to snorting coke and pills it just felt 
pretty dramatic. And I just, I don't ever feel like I got on board with her. She seems selfish for a lot of the time. And even when she starts trying to help these girls who were captured, it still felt selfish. It was like, that was my experience. And so therefore, you know, it's personal for me. Yeah, I don't, I was thinking about Nathan. I don't think there was a single character that I liked or that I was like, oh, I like when this person makes it on screen. Actually, maybe what's the Asian lady? So like her, she's like a scientist for Roxxon. I think she Mina. was cute. Yeah, Mina. she was cute. But other than that, I mean, nobody in the show had my interest. I did not like anybody. <laughs> I personally don't feel like I liked the show in general. Not a lot of fighting, a lot of talking. And then they kind of left it open at the end of the second season that they were riding off on a bus. I don't remember where they said they were going, but they went together because they realized at the end of the season that they needed each other to fight crime or something. But I will say this, they do show up. I, I actually did some research. They show up on the show Runaways. So there is a crossover really? with that show. More teenage angst combined. I, I will say, okay, if I had to give it a positive, I liked the scene and I wish there was more of it because at the very, very end when they defeat the bad guy, they do this weird thing where Tandy has her dagger sword and she like launches into the air. She's like flying in the air, like carried by the shadow of Cloak and they do this epic stab into the bad guy. And it was like the very last episode, the last six minutes of the show. You're, but you're kind of like, oh, this is the combined power they have. So again, I think it took two seasons for them to like figure out who they are. Also, random thing. How come? So in the comics, they are love with each other. Like they're part, like they're more than just partners. They are like love interests. But can we talk about how Tandy has like this boyfriend who seems like a really good guy. And then he just disappears. And never gets mentioned again. And then Ty's girlfriend does the big heroic thing and saves them at the end. And she just gets cast aside too. What's up with that? Well, I think what happened was that Tandy's boyfriend was a terrible actor. And so he got booted off the show just because his acting was terrible. <laughs> and then uh, Ty's girlfriend was there just to be the, the, the voodoo lady. And to have someone in place so they didn't rush the relationship between Ty and Tandy that everyone knew was going to happen because they need each other and they're called the divine pair, but they needed to have a love interest for Ty to not rush that relationship. I see. I see. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. The, to convince me that there's any chemistry between Ty and Tandy, you're going to have to do more They're in. I mean, again, and I didn't feel like the acting was great, Personally, I actually read a review where someone was just praising the acting. I did not like either of their acting and trying to convince me that they're friends, let alone romantically involved. Yeah. No. I think it comes down to script. And again, they just both the people just seem like they didn't want to be there with just acting wise. Their acting was just both very bland and monotone. So I well, think we just uh, yeah. I think we just summarized what we feel about Cloak and Dagger seasons one and right. two that we had to sit through ever in a day to watch. So I'm curious. We acknowledge that it's it's no uh, comparison to Inhumans, but let's see if it ranks any higher than I don't know Iron Fist. So what's your Infinity Stone rating 
out of six for Cloak and Dagger? Uh, I'd probably give it a two. And the reason I'd give it a two is because when it first started, I, I think I texted you guys, I said, you know what? I'm kind of interested in this. And then it didn't really go anywhere after after I texted you that. I was like, you know what? I think I might like this show. And I just didn't. So I'm going to give it a two. I will give it credit for having some good culture, and uh, especially with like Louisiana and New Orleans, which we haven't seen. I feel like I want to give them credit for addressing social issues, but I don't feel like they did it that well. I also feel like there was literally two two white males in the show the entire time and both of them were bad. One was a cop and I'm trying to think. Oh, then the other one was Tandy's abusive father. <laughs> so I didn't really like the hate. I get that we have to be woke, but just felt almost like super intentional. Didn't like that. So I'm going to give him a 1.5. That is cloak and dagger seasons one and two. Again, the only two seasons of the show for obvious reasons, according to what we just shared our thoughts about. So let's go to what our next homework is, which is, is. Luke Cage Season 2, a Netflix series which... about Luke Cage, which I think Luke Cage is probably one of my favorite characters in the Marvel TV shows. I've already started watching the homework, and I think I like this season so far a whole lot more than the first season. And I don't think I watched the second season when it first came out, so I, I'm really enjoying it so far. But I'll, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I, you, I'm glad you segued to Luke Cage because um, you could avoid folks listening. You could avoid Cloak and Dagger. I don't think you're going to have to to see them, except for maybe Runaways. But they do at the very end mention Luke Cage. Actually, Luke Cage gets mentioned. Um, someone's reading a newspaper, and the guy looks over and says, "Oh, something, something about Luke Cage, written by Karen Page." Um, which is kind of a neat segue because that is the next thing we're watching. And I have no idea if that's how the timeline works, but I'm excited to talk about Luke Cage. I think so far this season is going to be much better than the first one. So there you have it right there. So if you're following along, be sure to watch season two, Luke Cage. Thank you everyone for listening. You guys are awesome. And we will be posting this episode as soon as we can, which I probably shouldn't say this because if you're listening to it right now, that means it's already posted. So just forget what I just said. Katie, what do you got for us for a send-off? Thanks for listening to Nady and Katie at the Movies. Feel free to leave us a review so people can find the show. Follow us on all our social media platforms. And if there's a movie that you wish for us to watch, you can contact us at nadyandkatie at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and have a great...